Welcome back to our living room, episode two. Today we're talking about how to break up with social media. There's a couple things I'm going rogue here for a minute. Okay. I... Meaning off script. I'm going off script. Okay. Just a disclaimer out there. Whatever comes next has nothing to do with me. (laughs) I take very seriously arranging my life to accommodate and support where I'm at in my cycle. Which would mean that today is not the day to record. However, we've been really busy lately and haven't been able to record this episode. And I feel like it's something that's really important that needs to get out in the world. Mm -hmm. And right now, a lot of people, including us, are doing deep work inside of the walls of our home and taking a look at really hard things. And... There's no better time to get off social media than right now. Right. Exactly. And we're recording this on YouTube as well because the podcast isn't launching for a while. And I would love to get this out in the world sooner rather than later. Right. And I keep hearing people reference getting off social media. And we've done it for five and a half months. Yeah. So we want to share that with you. It's gone quick. It's gone really fast. Yeah. I don't even remember what life with social media was like. Which confirms uh-huh. our hypothesis that getting rid of it it's would do us deal. some good. Yeah. It's not a big deal. So, and you can do it. So what do we got to do? Okay. So first I want to set the table. And we had done a YouTube video at the three-month mark of being off social media And it was great. It was really fun. It was our first ever video. Therefore, Mm -hmm. I did not know how to edit yet. So you can find that on our channel. But this will be a little bit more curated. And there's things we've learned over the last two and a half months since then that we really want to share with you and ways that we've grown. So to set the table. Set it. When I went public on Instagram back in 2018, it was because I didn't see or hear my story being told. Mm -hmm. The story I had heard was I was eating a standard American diet and I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. I found the AIP diet and lifestyle, made all those changes and got into remission. And then I quit my job and became a health coach and I'm going to teach you all about it. That's the story I heard online. (laughs) My story was it started out that way, but my story was that I was doing AIP. I felt on top of the world. I was in remission from the one autoimmune disease that I had. Just for reference for the folks at home. What does AIP stand for? AIP is the autoimmune protocol. And what exactly does that entail? Or some people say it's the autoimmune paleo protocol. Right. It 
is a paleo diet plus it's like paleo plus 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 or i should say minus 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 so it's a laundry list of things that you are supposed to stay away from for a number of different reasons some of those reasons are uh, they cause biomimicry issues in your body so your body then goes to attack the thing but actually attacks something else that's very common with hashimoto's and uh there's just a lot of other foods that trigger uh inflammatory reaction in the body. So it's a list of all those things that you shouldn't eat, but they also, it includes a lot of lifestyle changes like uh, meditation Mm -hmm. and uh, getting rid of cardio exercise and just things that stress the body. So the thought is that it's basically, we don't know what's going on. We need to basically do a hard reset. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. So I had done that hard reset and I was very dogmatic about it. And then I all of a sudden got diagnosed with a second autoimmune disease, which was like a slap in the face because I felt so healthy at the time. And now I was rocking a hard place where I had all of these these facts that I based my life around that now all of a sudden weren't true. And I was... I was in this in-between place of juggling how to feel about that, but also trying to figure out how to survive every day because as you'll find out in later episodes, the day-to-day of just staying alive during Mm -hmm. that time was very, very hard. Yeah. So I was all of a sudden thrown into what everything I thought was true was no longer true. And I just wasn't hearing that story. Like what happens when you get that diagnosis, but you're already doing all the things everyone in the health and wellness industry recommends. Right. Then what? Right. And I'm not saying that story wasn't already out there, but I wasn't seeing it and I wasn't hearing it within my community. So I thought, you know what, let's just, let's talk about this and, uh, share with the world what this is has been like for me and maybe other people who are in my position will say holy smokes i'm i'm in your shoes right now and i thought i was so alone mm-hmm. right so that's what i was craving and i thought i would just start sharing so i say all of that because i want to point out that sharing my journey on instagram brought a lot of joy Mm-hmm. to my life yeah and at the same time it was also very difficult yeah so both of those things were existing at the same time yeah when this concept of social media fast came up i actually was a little anxious about it for you because i knew it was a creative outlet that you could share that story with folks and to have folks come back to you and say that they relate and see that you're doing something good in other other people's lives I wasn't sure how that was going to mesh without having that platform. But, spoiler alert, it turns out you don't need Instagram Mm -mm. to share your story. So, I want to point out that sharing my story on Instagram brought me a ton of joy. And at the same time, it was difficult. And in the moment, I felt that, but I couldn't have put words to it the way I will today because I was still in it. And you may be feeling the same way where your, your, you know, Instagram is a huge part of your life, 
and you may not be able to see the difficulty until after you're out of it. So I wanna just set the table with a couple of points of now that I'm five and a half months on the outside, mm-hmm. I can see why that was difficult. Number one, people are consuming your content in 15 second chunks. Right. That is not conducive for real connection. So you're trying to cultivate connection from the cheap seats in the arena. You're just, you know, digesting these small bits of people's life. And the kind of content that I was sharing is really deep and really intense. And it's just not meant to be consumed that way. You can't tell a story in 15 seconds. You really can't. I can't know everything. Instagram every is great for telling stories in 15 second intervals about how wonderful my life is. Yeah. But God forbid you should talk about something that nope. actually carries weight. Yeah. Yeah. And as the person who was creating that content, it just didn't feel good because mm-hmm. we all have this human condition lens and we're all consuming this content through that lens and we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are and I'm all for that. We'll talk a ton about that on the podcast. Mm -hmm. We're all just living, you know, cruising around this world, living our life and that's great. However, when you're the one who's reading, you know, the DMs and, and responding to that kind of stuff, you're, it's, it just doesn't feel good when, your intent is not always uh, felt. Right. So I had been feeling that for a while where I thought, gosh, you know, what I'm putting out there, it's, you know, it, it doesn't feel good. And then when you said you wanted to get off Instagram, I thought, okay, maybe, th- maybe this is a good way to just do a reset. So. So. Creating content on the fly is really distracting. And I think you felt that a lot. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I just felt like like I knew I understood that like your story, the way you're telling it to the folks is really important. But I just felt like there were a lot of instances where um, not really able to have a connection or a conversation about something meaningful because – you're right in the thick of trying to produce something, mm-hmm. create something. And I think that, you know, there's kind of this thought process that I adhere to that, that I'll talk more about on, on the Instagram fast is, you know, this idea that we're, we're trying so hard to remember it mm-hmm. right in the moment, using these tools that we have nowadays and pictures and, and videos on the phone that we totally forget to experience it right in the moment when it's happening. Yeah. Right. And that for me is is like totally something in the beginning that wasn't a big deal to me. And then as time wore on, it became a big deal to me. Because then I'm thinking like, here are these genuine, authentic moments and connections that can be made. And the first thing I want to do as this muscle memory is pull out my phone and videotape it. Yeah. And I'm like, and then you realize, right, after the fact that you were not really present because you were too busy trying to get the thing out and record the thing and make sure you got the right moment and so on and so forth. Yeah. And then the funny part, I don't know about you guys, but I've got 6,000 photos in my library on my camera, on my phone. I never look at any of them. I'm like, I'll need this. So. Don't need it. But I digress. So that was something that I was starting to feel more and more. And the other thing too is that when you post something that doesn't live in a vacuum now you are 
responding to comments, you're responding to DMs. Someone asks you, oh, where did you get that gluten-free donut? And like now you're, you know, it's just an on well, that's a, a constant dialogue. Highly guarded family secret. <laughs> we will share with you where we get anything. Yes. So it, it became really distracting. And I just thought of something else I wanted to go off script about. Yeah, I'm going off script. So there was something else that was really interesting about sharing this journey. There's a lot of private parts of our life that I shared. And what was interesting was that in the beginning of that, like when I first came out on Instagram and shared about starting Remicade and that whole journey, I saw how it affected you and in ways that I couldn't have predicted, such as that your um, coworkers, wives follow me on Instagram. And now you're getting questions at work about how I'm doing. And like in the moment, I didn't think that much of it. But now looking back, I can see that's not helpful. That puts you in an uncomfortable situation. It's tough because you want to, you want to share that stuff, but you also want a semblance of privacy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I was always skating that line. Yeah, and, and because we're all interconnected <laughs> nowadays, you know, it's it's kind of my coworkers to ask. But yeah. I think nowadays I'm more open to talking about it. Uh -huh. But in the beginning, I was not really willing to go down that road with yeah. them. In the beginning of, of being diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, I never told people that. They would, they if they asked the question, I would say, oh, I have multiple autoimmune diseases. That was all I would say. I would never say, chronic disease out loud which is another story we'll tell we'll tell the story later on of the pivotal moment of when i actually understood that this was a chronic disease but in the beginning i really couldn't i didn't have that language right and uh yeah it was a lot so i wanted to just add that so all that being said i really wanted a more sustainable way to share our story right. and that is how this podcast came to life. So you may be thinking, how is a podcast any different? If you're listening to the podcast, you're consuming 30-minute chunks of our life. So the buy-in is much, much greater. You're spending 30 minutes of your life every single week with us. And then in order to contact us, you need to send us an email, get on our website, mm -hmm. you know, respond to our, you know, be get our newsletter. Right. So the buy-in is just so much greater rather yeah. than these 15 second chunks. So you're actually gonna understand the context of what we're sharing and why, and then can respond in a, in a more thoughtful way, hope, hopefully. Right, you're being proactive, but intentionally seeking that connection and that, that content, mm -hmm. as opposed to scrolling Instagram and serendipitously catching a 15 second clip of what we're talking about just because you happen to follow us. Right. Exactly. Instagram's algo is putting it in front of you because you happen to be one of the followers and potentially clicked on something at one point in time. Mm -hmm. Right. And I will give an example of this. So I'll talk about this another time, but I went through and turned off notifications of a lot of things on my phone at one point. And so now I only get a notification if someone calls me or texts me. And what that means is that when I want to and I'm in a space to, I can open up my email 
or I can open up my Google Hangouts, which is what my company uses as our chat service. So rather than it's the same kind of idea, like having notifications on, you're just constantly getting like you're someone else is in charge of your time when you're getting notifications all the time. Whereas with this, if you send us an email, I'm not going to get it right away. I'm not going to get it until I open up that email app. Yeah. And then I decide to look through the emails. Right. So rather than be bombarded with information, which is the somewhat staple of uh, our technology age today, right? We can actually control <laughs> what we get when we get it. Yes. And take back control of our social media lives. Exactly. And this is a more planned out situation. So we're consciously sitting down, although I'm not in the mood to record today. We're, we're sitting down and recording. Whereas when we're driving down the road and I decide to do an Insta story and Ryan's trying to tell me a story about something or he needs to ask where we're going next, but I'm busy doing an Insta story, you know, like that's, that's not great. So there's a lot of ways that this felt like the right platform for us mm -hmm. and we're excited. So we want to share what we've learned over the last five and a half months of being off social media and uh, hopefully help you plan your own social media fast. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. So what do we got? Okay. We're breaking this up into three chunks. The first chunk is a mindset. Mm -hmm. So these are things to ask yourself while preparing for your fast. And I think this will make it more meaningful. Right. I was, I was going to use that term meaningful. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the first thing a lot of people say is, oh, I wish I could do that. So we're here to tell you that you can, and there's a couple of things to think about. Number one, ask yourself, what is blocking you? Why do you think you can't? Right. Check your motives. Check your motives. What's the deal? Number two, know that there's never a good time to start. 100%. It's never a good time to do this. Yeah. It's not like, hey, how about mm, next Thursday at 4.30 p.m.? I'm just going to delete Instagram. Yeah, there's it's there's never going to be a good time. I remember sometime in the first month that we were off Instagram, we had this awesome day date and we went into the city and we got Manny Petties and we went to my favorite brunch spot totally. and then we went to my favorite dinner spot and we walked around and we went shopping. And I remember thinking this is something that I would have missed, just like you were saying earlier. This is something I would have missed all of this because I would have been trying to put it on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And we've done so many awesome things. Yeah. And what's funny is that I feel like now when we're act when we're out doing things, we're not on our phones and we barely even take pictures now. Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, some of those things need to be filed away in the memory bank. You yeah. know? Like they don't necessarily need to be for everyone. Right. It Think doesn't about need to be parents. for everyone. They grew up in an age, in a generation where technology was not a thing. You literally called a, a landline and said, hey, can I take you out to dinner next Saturday at 8 o'clock? Uh -huh. He said, yeah, okay, great. And then 8 o'clock rolled around, you know. And you just hoped your friend showed up. And you're walking up to the front door. <laughs> I mean, there was it was just not the way it is today. And so a lot of those things that you hear your parents talk about, even your grandparents talk about stories and memories of the past, um, you know, are literally undocumented with the exception of just uh, a, a photo in their memory. 
stowed yes. away, right? And the story of it. Right. And and I would argue that that carries more sentiment than being able to document that on some sort of digital device. Absolutely. So there's got to be some things for yourself. Yeah. Right? Not everything needs to be put out on the internet and the interweb because once it's out there, it's out there perpetually, mm-hmm. right? And people will 100% misinterpret it. There will be plenty of things to show your grandkids, okay? Between Insta and social media and all the fancy poses and selfies and all that fun stuff. Which I'll talk about in a minute. So the next thing is the time domains. If setting a time domain makes you feel better about it, like a week, a month, a weekend, then sure, do it. However, don't feel like you need a time domain. Right. Because that was always the second question is people would say, well, for how long? And we didn't know. We were like, I don't know. We're just going to feel it out. And if you allow that flexibility to just go with it and see how you feel, you'll get more in touch with how you feel and what you want and what you want your calendar to look like. And it, it just helps bring back yeah. some of that into that. This is, so this isn't like Lent, right? Like we're not giving up something for a specific period of time just to white knuckle it to get to the other side, mm-hmm. right? Because I feel like in doing so, at least for me, I would definitely miss some of the more subtleties in the process of understanding and discovering what it is that this platform is doing for me, right? Yes. Rather than being so hyper-focused on the end goal in mind, you know, this is a classic case of, you know, it's it's more about the journey than it is the destination. Absolutely. And that is another reason why we're doing this podcast and we're doing this this free downloadable guide for you because we want you to get the most bang for your buck out of your your social media breakup. Correct. So the next thing which sounds mean, but it's not, it's just to get over yourself and to know that you're not that important. It's going to be totally fine. No one's going to miss you for a couple of days. Trust me. I am the epitome of somebody that thinks they're important, right? (laughs) It's like this self-centered mentality and I'm the first to call myself on it. And the idea is that I'm terminally unique, right? Like, you know, and that goes both ways, by the way. That's a self-esteem thing. It's high and low, terminally unique that I'm the one that, you know, this bad thing's going to happen to because I'm this unique one. And I'm also, oh, I'm the one that this good thing's going to happen to because I think I'm unique. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that plays into this idea that, you know, um, just because somebody else has done it doesn't mean that I can't do it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's funny because I've definitely approached other experiences in my life uh, with contempt prior to investigation. 100%. And all that's ever done for me is closed me off from it. And years later, as an adult, I've actually gone back and tried to understand why I'm closed off to certain things. And I've even had experiences where I've tried those things and been like, well, man, I wish I I wish I would have done this sooner. Why was I why was I so closed off about it in the beginning? Maybe because somebody that I idolized or was a mentor to me or I was just young and immature had told me otherwise. And I was like, well, I'm going to believe what they have to say. Yeah. It wasn't until I started understanding and believing and, you know, being open and, and genuine. So, so that brings us to the next item. So these are all items that you, 
that are about the mindset of right. this that you can use as journal prompts. So the next one is, how is this serving me? So really dig deep and with every answer you come up with, peel back the layers and say, you know, okay, but why? Okay, but why? Okay, but why? So. And you got to challenge them to be honest. Yes. And then once you think of how is this serving me, is there a way to meet those needs off of social media, at least for now? So I'm going to give you a tough example. So one of the things that I've heard repeatedly from many different people is, oh, I'm only on Facebook so that my distant family members can see my kids grow up. And we don't have kids. We can't speak to that. We have no idea what that's like. I will urge anyone to peel back the layers and take a look at if your actions are actually aligned with that statement. And if you're posting the kids once a week, but you're on Facebook 17 times a day, there's a miss there. Mm. If you're on Facebook once a week and you post once a week, you're probably good to go. Like you probably yeah. don't need to break up with social media, but chances are that's probably not the reality. Like if that is your intention is that, and I get that, you, you know, you want family members that live in other states to see your kids grow up. That's great. But is that actually what you're doing on social yeah. media? It's probably not. So just, so all, all we're saying is just get honest with yourself about are your intentions really aligned with what, what you're doing? Yeah. So, okay. So the next one is the flip side. How is this not serving me? So I think this part is really hard for people to look at and to really say like, and a lot of this conversation has been about, you know, the things, the ways in which this wasn't serving us, we didn't know right away. So you may look at this journal prompt and say, I, I don't know how to answer that because at this point I still think it's serving me. You may not know until a week in, a month in, six months in, and then be able to look back and be like, wow, these are the ways in which it wasn't serving me. So be gentle with yourself. Know that you may not have the answers, but at least this will get you thinking mm -hmm. before you go into it. So the next thing is, this was a great idea that Ryan had. Pick one area of your life that this could benefit and then pick one relationship in your life that this could benefit. Do you wanna to speak to that? Yeah. Think about area. Okay. Example, you know, I've wanted to read more, you know? And so one of my thoughts in the very beginning was, can I read more now that I'm not on social media all the time? Um, and it's still a work in progress, but I've got a couple, couple more books on the, on the, uh, night table that I'm, that I'm working on. And, uh, I have been able to read more and, and really, one of the big things there for me was to um, exercise my mind the way I do my body, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and the second part was you think about relationship. I mean, I have a lot of relationships where, um, actually I would say I have a lot of relationships, but I have a lot of, I have a handful of close relationships like with friends. And there's a couple of folks that I really want to stay in touch with. And I find myself not able to do that on social media or, in the process of reaching out to that person when social media distracts me. And so, you know, I have a, one particular relationship that I've been able to kind of uh, nurture and cultivate 
with a friend of mine and you know it's just not not allowing social media to get in the way of that so the idea is for you um how you know could you stand to benefit just in terms of some of the things that you think you could do or would like to do but always something seems to get in the way and a relationship in your life that you think might stand to benefit from it whether it's friends family coworker, you know I would argue that over time you start to become much more aware of the rest of your relationships. And, you know, the one that you start with, with this social media fast is just kind of the test subject. Yes. It'll start to translate to other aspects of your life. Well said. So the last item is identify a list of things that you think you want to do more of, but you know, social media is in the way. So you kind of already mentioned that, but yeah, I just touched on it, but I'm sure you have some, some thoughts on it. Yeah. I mean, this is going to come into something where, well, let's talk more about it in our actions because I think that will speak well to it. Okay. So, so let's move on to the next section. So that was the mindset right. piece. So before you do anything, before you prepare do anything. yourself mentally. Yes. Now is the fun part. You now get to- do something about it. Exactly. So So now that you've been armed with the facts. The first thing is find a buddy to do it with. So this is fun for a couple of reasons. One, because this is going to be really hard and it will be great to have someone you can lean on who know, who you know is in it with you Mm -hmm. and is feeling the same emotions and you know, you can share the highs and the lows. And not only that, you can see each other change. Yeah. Because a lot of times we can't see ourselves changing and growing and evolving, but other people can. Yeah. So I think that could be really fun. And we had each other throughout this. But, you know, if you're doing this solo, it could be fun to find a buddy to do it with for that reason. Yeah. Just, you know, and practically speaking, it's a layer of accountability. Yes. And a layer of accountability. Absolutely. What else? Okay, so the next thing is phone addiction is real. The first thing I noticed right away was that I kept going to my phone over and over and over and I would just look at it. So I found some things, I got busy on my phone. So I will help you, I'll give you some, some ideas of things you can do. One, clean up the apps on your phone. How many weird apps do you have that you've never used before? Right. So do that. Right, because who have you ever known in your life that actually deletes an app? Right, you gotta delete that. So the next thing is clean up the pho- the photos on your phone. I It took me about a month, I think, and I deleted something like 5,000 photos. And I couldn't believe, so going back to what you said earlier about how many photos we have on our phones that we're never gonna do anything with, but it's because we were in the moment somewhere and we wanted to whip out our phone and take a picture of it or a video instead of just enjoying the moment. And Mm -hmm. as I was going through there, it was fun to reminisce, but it was also like, wow, I can't believe how much time I wasted taking photos. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not all wasted, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of time in there where you're kind of like, really? Yeah. And it'll be, it'll be funny. It's almost like a walk down memory lane. It was. There was some fun stuff. I found a lot of fun photos of like my girlfriends and you I find any, stuff. Do you find any patterns in there? Like stuff you, you'd like to take pictures of that end up not actually being things you'll ever come back to where you're kind of like, yeah, I should probably stop taking pictures of the shirts I like. <laughs> you know I what do I this found all the a time. lot of? 
I found a lot of screenshots. Yeah. I would like screenshot something. So I'd be like, oh, I want to try this shampoo. Oh, I want to try this whatever product. And then I would never really go back to it. But there were some things that I popped up and I was like, oh yeah, I did want to buy that. Let me, let me go on and try yeah, to find yeah, that. Yeah. So another thing you could do um, just to keep you busy on your phone while you're still trying to wean off of it is go through your emails and unsubscribe. This is something you're really good at. I am oh, yeah. awful at this. So go through all of your emails, unsubscribe. I don't know about you guys, but I, prior to getting off social media, I was subscribed to a lot of newsletters of influencers that I follow, but I never read them. And now I read their newsletters because I'm not consuming their content on social media. Mm. So it's a really interesting switch. Yeah. I don't know about you, but like some of that stuff gets me anxious because I have a little OCD and I feel like I need to consume it uh -huh. because they took the time to send it to me. Oh. Right. But then eventually it falls by the wayside. So I, yeah. I'm definitely a big stickler on people sending me, uh, not spam, but, you know, sending me stuff that's uh, promotions or things like that. I'm kind of like, no. I take it as a personal tag. I'm like, you know, it's my Sunday and I'm like watching golf and somebody said, hey, 20% off. I'm like, no, you are not ruining golf time. Unsubscribe. And the thing is, once uh, when I start doing this, I, I started with like one or two or three, and then I got on a roll. And now it's easy because as one comes in every now and then, boom, unsubscribe right away. And you don't have to feel like you're drinking from a fire hose. Yeah. You know? It's really interesting. Then you can be more intentional about what you do consume. Right. It's really nice. So this brings us to the last part of the actions section, which we're super passionate about and we'll end up doing probably an episode on this later on about boundaries, but it's auditing your calendar. So this is a great time to audit your calendar and see what activities you feel obligated to do, but don't actually serve you or bring anything to your life. Mm -hmm. And you can go through, take a look at that and schedule the items that you listed above in the last section and you know, schedule them in. You said you wanted to do more yoga. Cool. Schedule it in. Right. Mm -hmm. So then the last part of this is, uh, I just want to say, I feel some boundary setting coming in your life. Like if you really take all of this to heart and start auditing your life in this way, it's going to be hard not to set boundaries. Yeah. And we'll talk more about boundary settings, but the one thing I would add to that is that a lot of people get uncomfortable with setting boundaries and it, it does take practice. And the big thing to think about to remember is that you're only focused on keeping your side of the street clean. So as human beings, we want to kind of people please. I know that I definitely like being a people pleaser. You know, I don't like when somebody's upset with me, but the problem is, you know, you start to set boundaries. People start to think that you're upset with them, but that's not your fault like that's not for you to take on that's for them to process yeah right and you can share and hold that space for them in a loving way and let them process it but it's not for you to appease their discomfort because all you're doing is keeping your side of the street clean you cannot control how they are going to react exactly so that's really the 10 second overview of boundary setting but it goes way deeper. But 
as Lori said, as you get better at it, boom, all of a sudden you're going to find yourself doing it and being like, that feels good. You know, it will start feeling good. Yeah, absolutely. So the last section here is reframing connection. So reframing what it means to connect. And right. one thing, these are things that I couldn't have put words to in the very beginning. It's taken all this time to really understand and feel this. So the first is all of a sudden I realized one day I don't know any more than I should about anyone. And it was so liberating, mm -hmm. you know, and it's this, you know, there's this time where rather than drinking from a fire hose and of the highlight reel of other people's lives, you can sit back with yourself and start to clean off your human condition filters. Right. And the interesting thing about that is if you want to reach out, like let's say you're thinking about someone or you're curious how someone's doing, you can just give them a call and reach out. It's that simple. Yeah. And if you don't have their phone number, it's probably none of your business. Mm. And then you can just move on. Yeah. And that brings me to the second part of this, which is be generous in your thoughts of others. So this is a concept from Brene Brown. And she says, what is the most generous assumption I can make about someone? So, you know, we interact with people all day long and, you know, someone does something and then we interpret it a certain way. But when you have less of that, like artificial fire hose, highlight reel consumption in your life, you're able to really sit back and say, huh, I'll just assume that they meant the best. And that's what she means by making the most generous assumption. And that has, that's been huge for me. It's amazing how I'm, I'm just seeing people in a different light. Yeah. It's re it's really cool. Yeah. I think that when folks have to do certain things, I mean, you don't need to take it as a personal attack, you know? Right. Right. Like perhaps they're going through something that you're not aware of and you can hold space for them. Uh -huh. And that's how you can literally reframe connection. Yes. Right. You used to have this small 15 second consumption window and felt like you were connected with people. But how weird was it when you showed up and saw them a month later and you were like, Hey, that thing you posted on Instagram was like kind of cool, blah, blah, blah. I know when people have done that to me, I've kind of been like, yeah, I appreciate that. But it's kind of creepy that, you know, we're talking about something I posted a month ago that was like a little personal to me, right? Or whatever it was. So the last thing that we'll say about this is that go into this knowing that you're going to miss things. You're going to miss events, announcements, birthdays, people's new haircuts. Yeah, that You're, you're going to miss all bad. of that. Yeah. But it's more than okay. And it, this is just like the calendar audit where when you really start to uh, sink into this and sink into this work, it's going to show you what's really, really important. And it's going to give you that space to live the life you want rather than your life being dictated by everything else. Right. So it's the internal work and the external work. No, I think that's a great explanation. I think that there's plenty of other ways 
if you're so concerned about missing things that you can stay up on those quote unquote current events. And when I say current events, I mean more like not like news headlines, although there are plenty of sources out there you could stay up to stay up to date with, but like things with your family, friends, whatever you can actually, you can physically write a calendar out of when those important days are. Which we do. We have a list yeah, of every I mean, family member and close friends. 100%. Birthday. Right. And don't feel bad that you didn't catch somebody's birthday on social media. If they were really a friend of yours, a good friend of yours, you would have spoken with them. We literally have our close friends' birthdays in our calendar. We do. So we know, right? We send handwritten cards. <laughs> we do. Something that I have been a big stickler on for years. It's how I got Lori to fall in love with me. <laughs> I uh, used to write love notes. I still do today. You still write tons of love notes. On paper, with paper and pen. And we have, we have a whole drawer full of fancy cards because when we want to tell somebody that we appreciate them, we literally write a card and send it to them. And I feel like that is so underrated because nowadays it's a, just send a person a message on a, a DM or something like that. You know, and it's not to take away from the sentiment, but, you know, the thought of taking the time to write something out and getting the address and putting in the card and then sending the card and waiting. It's just kind of this old school way to connect with folks. Yeah. So get back to basics, get off social media, break up with it and get back to basics. Yeah, absolutely. See you next week. There you go.